Black History Month day number four, you know, Trevor Bauer rumors, we're getting closer and closer to Super Bowl, two days until the awards night, and if Aaron Rodgers wins MVP, it's going to be another year of an of a, of a MVP not winning a Super Bowl, um, rumors of Trevor Bauer, you know, within $100 million, four years, opt-outs all over the place. Um, but, day four of Black History Month, and yesterday was a fantastic, fantastic National Girls Slash Women in Sports Day, and, uh, talk to us about our amazing African Americans tonight, man. Alright, so now, you know how we had Vicky up Serena, right? Yes. What if I told you that there was someone that was dominant before they even existed? What do you mean? Okay, so Athena Gibson was the first black African female tennis player played in 1950-1968, so there were not many awards that were counted because awards didn't get counted until like the 70s. So she dominated the tennis court. She was the first black woman to compete, and she also won a grand slam too, but stats weren't recorded. She was the first black female to win a grand slam in 1956. She was a titan in the sport, and that was all predominantly white. And of course, she got death threats after winning her winning her Grand Slam title. And then, then when Grand Slams were kept track and they retracted, she got a grand total of six Grand Slam victories before her retirement. And then she went on to commission the New Jersey State um, Commission for Athletics before taking the governor on council and fitness. In the early in the early eighties, who uh who did she beat in these Grand Slam titles? They didn't say. They didn't say. Okay. But, but I I didn't know that. So before uh, Serena Williams, yeah. before Venus Williams, before Billie Jean King, before Victoria Azarenka. Wow. I I yeah. wonder if Brittany knew this. I'll have to ask her. And also, lastly, the three-way traffic light, which was abandoned in 1923, by Garrett Morgan. He came with several inventions, including um, gas masks, with gas masks, and traffic, and improving the traffic light. And he also invented two traffic lights, where you have that red and green arrow. Right. So that's pretty important. So Garrett, Garrett Morgan, 1923. You don't know this because, again... He didn't get the credit for it because his invention was stolen. See, guys, this is why we have patents today. So ideas can't be stolen. And, again, these are two amazing African-American women that I have never heard of. I didn't even know existed. And maybe that's what they wanted, right? Maybe they wanted to keep the strong black men and women down. Um, and you know what? That's that's wrong, and you know it's real. Real honors deserve to be warranted. So, you know, whoever is alive from these families now, I I hope you're getting some kind of recognition, or if not, I hope I have, we ever see you guys, and we could just clap for you because you're you're awesome. 
I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Um, obviously, we got those, you know, Bob. Bob, Bob Nightingale. So Bob Nightingale says Trevor and the Mets are close to a deal. Then Mark Feinstein said, nope, not so fast. No deal has been made. Bob has been really bad right now. What's going on? Because it seems like Trevor and the Mets are likely, but it's between the Dodgers and the Mets what is most likely. And according to the great Rachel Luba, it's down to those two teams. I don't know why people don't understand. And I get it. The reporters want to try to mess up Bauer and Luba. But Trevor Bauer tweeted this maybe in October or November. If it's not from Rachel Luba, it's not true. It's all speculation. I don't know why it's so hard for these reporters to understand. Y'all break every single deal. Every single deal. Can't you let have Bauer have one? It's his own free agency. If it's not him... Or his agent breaking the deal. You know, some speculate within that camp it's going to be Lula. Some some speculate it's going to be Bauer. So, or, or maybe they'll both break it together in some way. It's going to be a creative way. I'm sure it's going to be good. But if it's not, if it's not from them, don't, do not believe in it. And, and, I see everyone on social media Hating it, annoyed, you know, I get it, okay? If you're annoyed at how long Bauer and Luba's taking this, I understand. But you know what? It's his free agency. You know, and and a lot of people are saying these dumb things. Oh, if she was such a good agent, he'd be signed. First of all, listen to Corked Up. She's She's talked about that so many times. It just takes time. You can't just rush into a deal. This, this, this could be it. This could be his last contract, or maybe he opts out, and, and, and this whole thing happens again next year. Who knows? But people got to stop. And for the people who are annoyed by it, why are you still tweeting about it? Why are you still talking about it? You're such a loser. If you're annoyed by Trevor Bauer and Rachel Lewis so much, guess what? You wouldn't make tweets about it. You wouldn't talk about it. But you are talking about it. So shut your mouth. I agree. I agree one thousand percent. Because everyone's just like was just annoyed, annoyed. Well, guess what? Maybe if you stop talking about it, or maybe you just ignore it. Because that's what I do. Honestly, I could care less about Bauer, but I'm not going to tweet about it. You know what? It is what it is. It's important stuff because we cover it, so it is news. And I give Rachel Lubar all the respect in the world because you know Bauer is basically elevating her, man. That's really cool. So I like it. I'm sure you like the way that Rachel Lou has been elevated because of Trevor Bauer. And if y'all don't like it, then just don't comment and keep it moving. And and by the way, she's also she's also, also Yasiel agent too. So even if Bauer does sign, it's not done, folks. It's not done. So y'all y'all need to relax. And, pe- and people got to stop looking... For reports, you know, again, let's, you know, and, 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 if Bauer's the one to break it, which he should be, I want the reporters to do the right thing. You always care about crediting people, right? Well, you got to tweet, 
credit to Trevor Bauer or Rachel Luba. That's who you have to credit. Not Passing, not Rosenthal, not Oni, not Feinstein, not Nightingale, Trevor Bauer or Rachel Luba. That is who you have to credit. You understand? So don't don't credit Jeff Passing, you know, okay? And and I'm I'm sure it's gonna be in the contract. I'm sure Luba and Trevor are making it aware, hey, you gotta let us break it. You know? So 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 if you're a team, don't be that guy. Let them break it. And if Trevor Bowers first and then Jeff Passon's a second behind them, you can't credit Jeff Passon. You can't do it because he didn't break it. Alright? So that's that's just that. But guys, it's about to be live at five. Vic Evans, St- Stephen A. Turner. We're gonna talk mostly football. We're we're gonna talk a little title game of, of Packers Bucks. We're gonna talk Bucks Chiefs. We're gonna talk maybe may, maybe a little three dirt bags. Uh, I told Vic and Steven what we're doing with Black History Month. They're gonna have a, a couple people as well, and it's it's gonna be interesting, man. Oh, I can't wait! It's gonna be fantastic. See, guys, this is the beauty beauty of modern technology. Steven can be in his house. Vic, you can be in yours. James, you could be in yours. And, and I could be where I am. And all of us could be on the phone at one time. And we are now with the guys that are live at 5. The wonderful Stephen A. Turner and Vic Evans. Guys, how's it going tonight? It's oh, well. good. That's... Guys... Guys, it's been it's been so long since we had you. I'm really glad you jump in. But before we get to all the fun stuff, we we got some business we need to take care. Of. Serious business we need to take care. Of. Obviously, you heard the news about Chad Wheeler. You've heard the news about Jerry Porter. You've also heard the news about Mickey Calloway. So obviously. You, you know guys all the news, so what are your thoughts about those three despicable gentlemen? I'll let Vic take it first. Go ahead, Vic. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, it is. It's despicable, and the one thing I liked that the mess did was come right out and handle their, you know, handle it and, and get rid of Porter. Uh, I, I think the Angels would have done the same thing, except with the way the collective bargaining agreement works. You know, once Callaway said that, you know, it wasn't quite how it wasn't true or, or whatever, you know, he denied doing anything after having an investigation. But, you know, it's just a sad fact that in sports in a lot of ways, there's, a, there's still a lot of, you know, quote-unquote Neanderthals out there that, that see women as something other than a sports reporter or they try to use their, their knowledge or the power that they have to, you know, uh, I don't know, what even we use the word day, but, you know, just they take advantage of the situation with these women. And it, it's really not that hard to respect women and understand that they're, do, do, they're there to do a job. And uh, it's just something, you know, I, I'm hoping that we'll see fewer and far, you know, fewer and fewer as we go forward. But there's still a lot of Neanderthals out there in the sports world. And it's sad. Yeah, I mean, it's something I can't wrap my mind around. I can't wrap my mind around sending a female uh, two or three texts that she doesn't respond to, let alone 60. I mean, you know, I can't wrap my mind around, you know, how stupid it is and, 
and I hope I hope that over time, you know, exposing I don't want I don't really necessarily say predators, but I mean these these guys that think they can use their uh, position, the power to advance themselves in the dating world or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, I think getting exposed like they they are it's got to be embarrassing for them, and hopefully, you know, it it, it helps change the way you know things are done. I think. I think 10, 15 years ago, you, you may not have seen these guys fired on the spot. And now you're, you are seeing that. And I think that that's a positive change, at least. So hopefully, you know, these guys uh, being held accountable in, in a, on a national stage will help set the tone and maybe make people think twice before they go about doing this, that kind of stuff again. You know what it is, but man? I also think it's important. Yeah, I was going to say, I also think it's important for guys that see this stuff go on uh, to speak up and, and not sometimes, you know, and, and you know, I, I play sports all the way through college and you see sometimes you see things go on in the locker room or you hear about things going on in the locker room and to be a good teammate, you kind of keep your mouth quiet. And I'm hoping as this goes forward, as people see these things happen, men in the locker room or whether it be somebody in the front office, know these things are happening to speak up and not to stay silent. You know what it is? These women are getting sick and tired of it, and they're no longer staying quiet. You know, screenshots are being had, proof is being given, and, you know, professional athletes or people in sports, they, they think they're owed something. And you know what? You're not owed a goddamn thing. And Callaway's such a clown. There's texts and there's pictures of him. Okay? No one's going to take the time to crop that and, and to make it not you. So, so, so the fact that you want to deny that, it makes you a scumbag. And, and it's unfortunate that different states have different rules and, 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 you know, he, he shouldn't be owed anything. And then with Jared Porter, you know, for, for him to think that a picture would change her mind, that's wild. And, and then with Chad Wheeler, he, he beats this girl to a death. It, it's like his girlfriend slash fiance, right? So he now goes into the kitchen, he eats his food, she comes out the bedroom... And he has the nerve to say, I thought you were dead. And then and then he gets he pleads not guilty. He's probably not gonna face a single bit of jail time because he's crying mental illness. Like so so I hope guys, any guy out there that's that's listening to this, think about before you press send, whether it's on social media, whether it's a text, whether it's on anything, think. Because Eventually, even if she starts to like you at first, if things go south, she's going to use that against you. And more relationships or not will, will end up badly. It's not all going to be marriage and, 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 and white pick offenses out here. So be careful. And, and women are not property, okay? They're not something you can own. They're not something you can control. They're human beings. And, and guess what? Everyone has a mother. Every, everyone has a grandmother. So if, if you want them to get treated, treated with respect, guess what? These, these women are someone's daughter, sister, niece, cousin, granddaughter. So come on, guys. Do better.
11-year-old kid with Mark Higgs who went on to play for the Miami Dolphins was a star tailback at, at the high school here in town. And uh, just watching him play and just the way he carried himself not only at Owensboro but later on at the University of Kentucky and, at the, and with the Miami Dolphins uh, was always something that I admired. Those are those are awesome Ameri- Af- African-Americans. And teachers, man, they, they mold us, you know. Along, along with our parents, you know, te- teachers sometimes are are more th- throughout the week than our parents are. They're 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 where we go, you know, to get taught from and learn from. So, teachers are incredibly important, you know, and and they're also incredibly un- underpaid as well. And that's and that's something that has to be changed because there there are a lot of jobs where regular people can do, but not everybody can be a teacher, man. It. It takes a lot. You gotta have patience. You gotta be able to be a good talker. You gotta be able to help people, build minds, mold, and it's awesome. Um, you know we're we're a couple days away from the Super Bowl, but um, first first we gotta go back to that Packers Buccaneers game. You know there was there was a questionable call in in the fourth quarter. You know some some blame some blame that kick in the field goal. Some not where do you guys lean with that decision? Uh, you call that the Packers game? Yeah, Packers Bucks. Oh, you got you got the ball down eight uh, with what a little over two minutes to go, and you take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. Uh, I, you know, I, I go for it there, and you know, if I don't make it, they're deep in their own territory. I was going to have to make a defensive stop anyway if I kicked the field goal. And if I've got them deep in their own territory, they have to be a little more, uh, you know, conservative. And so I think they need to better get a stop. Uh, I do think if Rodgers would have ran the ball on third down when he had some opening and made it like fourth and four, it may have been a different decision. I can kind of understand the fourth and eight. But... I keep the ball in my superstar quarterback's hand and don't give it to the other superstar quarterback and think I've got to get a stop. So that's kind of how I fall on it. Yeah, the Rodgers, number one, if Rodgers scores a touchdown, it'd be run. And, 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 I, and I didn't love the post game, but and I, and I'm a Vikings guy, so I'm obviously biased a little against Rodgers. But I have, I, I do respect this. I, I do respect this game, though, man. He's a guy. It'll kill you. I mean, at the end of the day, and and I thought in a game where I didn't, I, I didn't think the Packers played very well at all. Um, I thought he had an opportunity there to run the ball on third down, and if not get into the end zone, get close enough to where you can run the football on, on a fourth and goal from a one yard line situation. And I thought he dropped the ball. I, I think great players rise to the occasion and make plays in big spots like that. Time in and time out. I mean, as good as Rodgers is all the time, he's traditionally not been great in those spots. And I thought he dropped the ball in a huge spot right there. And then he fought, the coach follows it up by completely dropping the ball. I, he, there's no way you can kick the field goal there. There's no explanation that's going to make it make sense. And at the end of the day, I'm glad they didn't touch the ball again because they didn't deserve to touch the ball again. They were playing not to lose, and when you play not to lose, you get beat. And they beat themselves. They were the better team. They were by far the best team in the NFC. And they just didn't get it done. The Buccaneers didn't beat them. 
If Tom Brady throws three picks in the second half, and the Packers Thank still don't you. get it done, at the end of the day, they beat themselves. And I couldn't be happier about it. I, I, I'm thrilled that the, the Buccaneers are in the Super Bowl. So I have for you guys. He's not only not a not a Rogers fan. He can't stand Aaron Rodgers. He, he, he kind of wow. sugarcoated it for you guys. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> He's grown on me with the with the barstool stuff. He has. But when your parents hate you, then that's on you, man. That's all I can say. Well, here's what I will say. Um, obviously, Nick is a big Patriots fan, but he's also a Brady fan. So I feel he'll take the W. But if you throw three picks and you don't capitalize, you don't deserve to win. I thought the Packers no. should have easily won that game. Brady throws three picks. I thought the game should have been over. It been Green Bay versus um, the Chiefs. That was a matchup I really looking forward to. I, I really wanted to see Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. I, I really want to see that tantalizing matchup. I really did because I, I really love seeing two great quarterbacks. Not to say Grady's not, Brady's not great, he's the GOAT. But, I mean, come on, man. Like, three picks and you don't win? And kicking that field goal? I don't care what you say. That don't make sense. But I also blame Rodgers. How is it on third and goal? You had green. All you had to do was tuck it and run? Some would say three smart people, but now I'm about to tell you something from a genius point of view. And the Packers, the Packers lost this game when Scotty Miller burned King, right? 21-10, 21-10 at the first half. So that, that's, that's when the Packers lost this game. The Packers also lost this game when they fumbled it to start the second half. And Brady, and Brady threw an easy touchdown to Brady. That's when the Packers lost this game. The Packers also lost this game when Tom Brady threw one pick because, let's face it, Mike Evans couldn't hold hold the football. Um. So so that so, so that's one pick. And 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 guess what? Three and out. That's when the Packers lost this game. The second pick. That was all on Brady. That was the worst forced, forced thrown football I have ever seen in my life. But what happens? Three and out. And and James, correct me if I'm wrong. Tom Brady's the GOAT. But what do you call Aaron Rodgers? The most talented quarterback I have ever seen. There you go. Um, if he's so talented... Don't you think he cannot manage to go two consecutive three and outs? But, but, but there's more. Hold on. I'm, I'm not done. Then the Packers get the ball back again, right? And Aaron Rodgers has green, just like James said. He, he can run it in. Maybe he doesn't score right there. But, but he gets to at least 
at least fourth and maybe two, fourth and three. Then maybe they go for it. But maybe if you're the Colts, so that's also where the Packers lost this game. Now, 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 let's avoid the field goal decision right now. The Packers defense gets a stop. The Packers defense gets a stop. But King, who not only got burned by Scott and Miller, he decides to pull the jersey by five plus inches. He he makes it so noticeable. That the ref has to throw the flag. He don't want to throw the flag. No ref wants to throw the flag. They've been letting them play all day. But he makes them throw the flag. So they don't get the ball back. So they would have got the ball back again. But let's get back to the field goal. Maybe LaFleur says, you know what? My store quarterback has been sucking all day. We have to get a stop either way. And also, before this, the guy didn't catch a two-point conversion. So maybe he thought the two-point conversion would have been dropped also. So that's also why. Sometimes you got to take points. It's not an exact science. People try, people try to use analytics. And, and that's ruining sports. But that's a different convo for a different day. But the problem was, if Aaron Rodgers was so... Talented. If he's that bad man that Stephen A. Smith said, you know what? He would he 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 would have beat Tom Brady. And and also remember too, the Bucks had two key defensive players got hurt in that game. Win- Winfield didn't start. Whitehead eventually got hurt in that game, and they still couldn't win. Okay, so you know what? Maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't that talented to begin with. Because if he was, he, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be one and four in in conference titles game, and he would have won another championship after 2010. But guess what? He did it. Tom Brady. Tom Brady has won multiple multiple Super Bowls since 2010. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Packers team that I've seen since Aaron Rodgers has won the Super Bowl. 
and he just didn't get it done. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, he had, if I'm a Packers fan, it, I have to put it on Rodgers. I mean, I get it. The, you know, the defense played, you know, didn't play great in the first half, but when you have three straight possessions in the second half to go take the lead after the big comeback and you don't get it done, I mean, the comeback was great. Now, he's going to win as many Super Bowls as he wants. I mean, that's just, 
I don't see how anybody can stop them. I mean, I, I've said all, all year long the Chiefs are 14 points better than any team in football. And as long as Mahomes is on the field playing at this level, I think that I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. See, Tom Brady can win or lose this Super Bowl. It won't change his legacy one bit. But if Patrick Mahomes loses this Super Bowl, it matters everything because that would make Patrick Mahomes 0-2 against Tom Brady in the playoffs. And that's something that can't be changed because people will say Patrick Mahomes beat everybody. Patrick Mahomes beat everybody in the, reg- in the regular season. Everybody in the playoffs, he has four Super Bowls. But guess what? He was 0-2 against Tom Brady, who at this time will be a Hall of Famer by now. Because if, if, if Mahomes wins four Super Bowls, that's that, and let's assume that's in the next six years, you know, Brady will probably be retired by four or five by then. Um, and you know what? And, and also, too, if, let's say the Bucks win this one, okay? Maybe, maybe he wants to play a little more because now he's at the point where, hey, I'm old as hell, but I can still win these Super Bowls. Why, why would I quit? Why would I stop playing? This is fun, man. Winning is fun. Okay, so that's that's one thing people got to think of, too. And 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 I get it. People may be sick of Brady in the Super Bowl, but you know what? You're you're all still going to watch. You're all still going to watch the Super Bowl because you are either rooting for the Bucks or you, you, you are watching to see Brady fail. Okay? Now, the, the Super Bowl, if, 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 if it's going to be a blowout, Chiefs win by 20 points. Otherwise, no Brady Super Bowl has ever, ever been a blowout. And when it was a blowout, guess what? He, 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 he came back. So, you know what? This game is most likely going to come down to four points with two minutes left. That, that's most likely. And I'll, I'll say this too. If at any point the Chiefs, the, if, if at any point the Bucks are by 14 points, they are not losing this game. Buffalo's offense came into that game a juggernaut. 
and Kansas City's defense shut them down. And I'll tell you this, Buffalo's defense, offense is twice as good as the Buccaneers' offense. If, they, if the Chiefs play half that good on Sunday, not only are they going to win the game, it's not even going to be close. It, it, it'll be a 21, 28-point game. It'll be a blowout. And so, that, to me, that's the key to the football game, is which defense shows up. But I thought the Buccaneers' defense played really well, too, in big spots. You know, they got a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers in that fourth quarter. Now, I don't know if you can pressure Mahomes that way, but Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes are at least similar. You know, and I think Mahomes does his best work outside of the pocket, much like Aaron Rodgers does. They just saw a quarterback that's similar to Mahomes. So, it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to come down, forget the quarterbacks for a minute, because I think both guys will play well. I think you, you expect that out of Brady. You know what you're going to get out of Mahomes. Which defense shows up and plays the best is going to be the one that, that wins the Super Bowl. But I think the Buccaneers will have to play extra level good to slow Mahomes down. I just don't see it. The big, the no. big, big difference, the big difference, though, from the Bills to the Bucks, Tom Brady won't keep dropping back. He's not going to let him get, get a 17-yard sack like Josh Allen did. He's going to throw that ball on the ground. He's going to throw the ball away, and he will live to die another another down. That's the difference between Tom Brady and everyone else. Everyone else tries to get the extra yard. Everyone else tries to force the ball in coverage. Brady, don't do that. And you know what? That's why he's been so successful. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. And, and I think what the one guy that I think can have can really stamp his career is Jason Pierre-Paul. You know, if he can have a big game and make some big impact plays, you've got to look what he's done in Super Bowls. It would be what? Beat Brady twice and beat Mahomes and be a big part of that defense? This is a guy that could take his career, what you think of him as a career, sure. to a whole other level if he can have a huge game. Now, I think the other the co- I think the other interesting matchup in this Super Bowl is the coaching matchup. Now, we all know Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. I think period end of discussion. Andy Reid has been one of the most forgotten coaches because he was deemed as the coach that could never win the big one. He went to his first Super Bowl against against Tom Brady and the New England Patriots and couldn't win, and he had. Donovan McNabb and Terrell Owens. He finally gets back to Super Bowl a year ago and he wins. The more, do you think the more Super Bowls that Andy Reid wins, would that put him in that top five greatest oh, coach God. of all time category? Like he's he's not touching Bill, but would Andy Reid with Andy Reid winning championships would he be in that top five class? I think so. I think I think Andy Reid. Not not only winning this year, but I, I envision Andy Reid. As long as he wants to coach with Patrick Mahomes, he's going to win championships. I mean, so I, I look at Andy Reid and just say, for example, he wants to coach a couple more seasons and he, he gets two or three more rings. I think he goes and he easily goes into the top five. Think back to John Elway, but John Elway couldn't get it done. I mean, John Elway lost Super Bowl after Super Bowl. And then he won one. And he just, how much how much differently you perceive John Elway, maybe if he didn't win, you know, didn't, didn't go on that run at the end of his career in the twilight. I think Andy Reid is the John Elway of coaches. I think 
when you look back on Andy Reid's career 20, 25 years from now, you're not going to remember the four championship games in a row that he lost, the Super Bowl that he lost. You're just going to remember the, that he built the Chiefs into a juggernaut. Because they're about, if, if, if Mahomes stays healthy, the Chiefs are going nowhere for a long time. I mean, the defensive players will change, the receivers will change, the offensive linemen will change, but if Mahomes is there playing the way he played the last couple of seasons, the Chiefs are going to be in the mix every year. And I think Andy Reid's going to have two or three rings by the time he's done, and it'll completely change the way people looked at Andy Reid up until prior uh, until last season. Yeah, I agree. He'll definitely be considered right up there at the top. I think Andy Reid comes off to me. I kind of view him as a modern-day Tom Landry. You know, for a while there, the early years of Dallas, Landry and them couldn't get over the hump of the Green Bay Packers. You know, and then he won a Super Bowl, uh, won two Super Bowls, but he's still kind of maybe not considered the greatest because at that point in time, the Steelers had won four. But, you know, he's, you know, you know, look, look how many times he was in the playoffs all those consecutive years and consecutive winning seasons. I see Andy Reid as kind of the modern-day Tom Landry, and we'll go down as one of the great ones. All right, I mean, I, I mean, you got you got Bill, you got Landry, you got Shula, you you got Lombardi. So right there, those are fantastic names. You also got you also got Mike Shanahan. You know, so right now, I guess maybe Reid would maybe you know, and then you, and then you got Bill Walsh. You know, you got a. Uh, the, you you got the Steelers head coach with uh, Bradshaw, you know. So there's a lot of talented names right there. So I don't know. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's an interesting list. Um, now, I think now the key for in order for the Bucks to win, did you guys see what, you guys saw what Tyreek Hill did to the Bucks back in back? back in, what, week seven, week eight, you can't let Tyreek Hill beat you over the top. And now it's going to take your poison. Do you double? Do you double Tyreek so Tyree Hill so he doesn't beat you over the top and let, and let Kelsey feast in the middle? Or do you take away the middle and then just put single high coverage against Tyreek Hill? What do you do if you're um, Todd Bowles? You got to. You got to double Hill. You have to double Hill. You let... You, you live with Kelsey in the middle because no one, no one in the NFL, I believe, is faster than Tyreek Hill. So, unless it's a pure top corner, which I don't even think Gilmore or the one in the Bills can cover him one-on-one. So, you got to have help on Hill, live in the middle, and, and you got to stop Bell in the backs. You, you got to make them not kill you with the wrong game. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's where Devin White comes in, the middle linebacker for Tampa Bay. Uh, I think that's where he has to have a monster game because he's probably going to be the guy that's going to be, you know, getting some of the, you know, because he's an every down linebacker. He's probably going to be guarding Kelsey quite a bit. But I, I think you, you force, you, you can't let Tyreek, I just don't think there's any way you can try to play Tariq Hill single coverage all game long. 
I think if they do that, they Jerry Rice numbers. He's still the greatest wide receiver, even though Steve doesn't always believe that. <laughs> but, you, know, you, you can't let him put up Jerry Rice numbers in the Super Bowl. I think you've got to double him and hope that your linebacker crew can at least, I don't think you can stop Kelsey, but I think you can at least maybe control him. Well, if you, du- if you double team Tyreek Hill, McCole Hartman's going to have a huge game. It'll be the Super Bowl MVP if you try to put all your focus on Tyreek Hill. Uh, Har- Hartman is, is lightning fast. I mean, you talk about Tyreek Hill being fast. And when you watch the Chiefs play, every single one of their players just play at a different speed than any defense can play in the NFL. And that's why they have the success that they have. Uh, and I think you have to take away the big play. To me... The way I would defend the Chiefs, and the only way I think you can defend them, is to play 2D safety as much as you possibly can, keep everything underneath, make them run as many plays as they possibly can to, before they get to the end zone. And because when you, when, you know, obviously a lot more things can go wrong in a 10 to 12 play drive than can go wrong in a two or three play drive. So try to make them play between, let them play between the 20s, but when they get inside the 20s, you hunker down and you hold them to field goals. You got to hope that your offense and just put seven instead of three on the board. I think that's the only way you have any chance to compete with the Chiefs. Keep them out of the end zone. Make them sell for three. Now, for for the Chiefs, right? You have to stop Antonio Brown. You have to stop Chris Godwin. You have to stop Gronk. You have to stop Cameron Brady. You have to stop Mike Evans. Those are five people. You can't double everybody. You know, and and Gronk, he hasn't been a big postseason monster. But he's had these few plays in each game that's been important. Especially the Packers game. He caught the ball. He ran 20 yards after the catch. He made that big catch in the Super Bowl against the Rams. He, he he made that big catch on 30-17 against the Chiefs in that title game. So the past couple years, he's been known for making big plays. So, which means the front four of the Chiefs will have to put pressure on Brady and they'll have to stop the run game. Because so far, besides besides the first game against Washington, the run game has not been good for the Bucks. So, what would be your defensive plan to to try to stop the Bucks? Well, I think you know, me looking at it, uh, you know, I think it's important for them to make the Bucks one dimensional. I think for the Bucks have to win the game. They have to be able to control the clock and run the ball. I mean, I, you know, Brady's going to hit some big plays, but I think, but Tampa Bay, it's more important for them to establish a running game. Uh, one, because Brady doesn't handle, you know, he's, he's not a young man anymore. He's not going to handle pressure like Patrick Mahomes is. He, you know, he hasn't. He won't. So I think it's important for the Bucks to run the football. I do believe if if Kansas City can control the Bucks' running game and force the Bucks to be one-dimensional, then I think it's bad for uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think one thing that the that, that Kansas City does really well watching their defense is, is is bringing pressure from different spots. I mean, 
Zach Noah's done a good enough job at the defense to where he's getting mentioned again in head coaching jobs. Which is, and I mean, I know he didn't get picked this time around, but it's something to watch going forward. I mean, he kind of had a stench on him when he went to Kansas City. I think he's done a tremendous job bringing pressure from the defensive backfield, making Brady make quick decisions in the, in the, in the game against the Packers where Brady made the mistake. You know, I think it was because he had, he had a free blitzer coming right at him a couple times. And I think you're going to see that, definitely going to see that. You're going to see safety blitzes. You're going to see blitzes off the edge with Sneed. I think that's, that's the guy to watch for me is Sneed. If you watch the Chiefs much, I, I work with the guy who's a huge Chiefs fan, so I watched them a little more this year than, than normal. And uh, they really, he really gets after the quarterback from the defensive back spot. I think he's going to make the plays in the Super Bowl force Brady, the ball out of Brady's hands fast as he wants to get rid of it to limit their downfield passing game. I think that's the way to do it. You make them dink and dunk. And I, I don't – Fournette was, was good in the first half against uh, Green Bay. I think it's vital for the Buccaneers to establish Fournette and the running game in the Super Bowl. If they do not, if they don't have – if they don't run for more than three yards per carry – they're going to be in big trouble. They, they need to make sure they establish the running game. And that's one way to kind of com- combat those defensive back blitzes. I want to switch gears. We'll get back to the Super Bowl in a bit. I want to switch gears and talk a little baseball. And this is kind of, this is kind of closer to the East Coast for me and Nick. So the Trevor Bauer news. So apparently it was broken by Bob Nightingale that Trevor Bauer signed with the Mets. Then Mark Feinstein has reported saying that no deal has been imminent between Trevor Bauer and the Mets. And you're hearing that the Mets and the Dodgers are the two teams ultimately vying for Trevor Bauer's services. He's the last big free agent to sign. Ultimately, where does Trevor Bauer end up? The L.A. Dodgers or the New York Mets, guys? I thought he was going to be kind of a Mets guy from day one. Uh, I thought the Mets would be right there into it. I think the Dodgers have kind of come, you know, kind of came in late. I fully expect with all, and, and I thought even more once you had the whole GameStop and AMC and shutdown stuff, and it kind of came off bad looking with Cone, that he would go ahead and spend the rest of the money to make a splash and change the narrative in the story. So I'm going to say it's the Mets. Yeah, unfortunately, being a Phillies fan, I think he ends up with the Mets now. I, I just before I, I guess you guys had called, I noticed I'd already thought it was a done deal. I kind of stepped away from the news for a minute, was making dinner for my girls, and I noticed that uh, that they say now that it's not a deal in place. But I, I think they're heading. They got to be heading that. Nightingale's a pretty good. I mean, he's not normally a, a guy that puts out this information. Only thing I can think of is it's Bauer. He wants as much money as he can possibly get his hands on. And, you know, they're trying to drive the price up with L.A., maybe starting a bidding war. So, like Vic said, I think at the end of the day, the Mets need good publicity. And uh, I think I, that's why I think he ends up there. And I mean, obviously, the Dodgers' pocket goes pretty deep, too. So, it's going to play right in Bauer's hands. I feel like they're probably going to get into a bidding war. But I have to, I'd have to pick the Mets if I, if I had to choose. You know what it is? These reporters are so sensitive, Right. They want to break every single player. But from day one, Trevor Bauer said, if you don't see it tweeted from Rachel Luba, and that's his agent, it is pure speculation. And all these reporters are in their feelings, 
because they want to be the one. They want to be the one to break it. So that's why they're coming with these stories. And 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 even Jeff Passan and Ken Rosendahl, who are who are the two best at breaking stories, even even they're not really saying anything because they know, they know that it's if it's not in the contract, Bauer's probably gonna say, "Hey guys, this is my free agency. I got a creative way. I want to break it." You know, some some people have thrown around all. Oh, I want to see it broke from a Super Bowl commercial. Um, it, it'd be super expensive, but I think that would be really creative. But he he's going to do it on Watch Momentum. It's going to be him or Luba to break it. And the reporters just have to understand that. You know, if if Bauer signs a five, six-year deal, that's his last contract. He, he's about to be 30 years old, maybe, you know, but if he signs, you know, a four-year deal with the opt-out after the second you know, big money in the start, then, then you know, we're going to do this again in, in, in a couple of years. But if he signs with the Mets, man, what a rotation that is. You got Jacob DeGrom. You got Trevor Bauer. That's the three last Cy Young Award winners on one team. You got Carlos Carrasco. You got Marcus Stroman. You got Noah Syndergaard when he comes back. Before he comes back, you got David Peterson, who's their Big, big prospect. Lefty, he throws the ball hard. He's very good. So, you know, the Mets, the Padres, and the Dodgers, they they can run things. But, you know, the Phillies the Phillies did re-sign JT Realmuto. So, so, you got your catcher. You know, the bullpen, I mean, eh, that's that's the problem, right? No. <laughs> you know? So, so it's, 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 it's going to be tough, but if... If if it's me right now, my my three off season winners are the Mets, the Mets, the Padres, and uh, you know, not not Tampa because Tampa lost a lot of people, but it's it's gonna be exciting stuff. And, and I agree. There are times that reporters try to be first to break the story, and and that may be the case here. But let's also don't forget there are many times that agents and other people leak stories about breaking stories to help drive prices up for players and create competition. And I'm not saying that's the case here, but let's just also admit the fact that that goes on, that agents use the press uh, to, to either try to drive the price up, hey, he's getting ready to sign, and maybe the, the Dodgers jump in and offer more. That goes on also. True. Um, now, the last, the last, um, non-thing before we finish up football, and I kind of want to go into basketball for a bit. Obviously, you got the big three in Brooklyn, and right, and right now, Joel Embiid left with a knee injury, so that kind of hurts the Sixers. Um, the Nets look like they're, it, it looks like on paper and how they're playing, that they're the team that come up the Eastern Conference. Um, and it looks like it looks like it's going to be one of the two LA teams representing the West. Oh, if, if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, and I, and I had to pick between one of the two LA teams, between the Clippers and Lakers, who would I want to face? Well, if I'm the Nets, I want to face anybody but LeBron and Anthony Davis, and and, and it's just because it's LeBron, and and you know, look at the titles that he's won. 
I would much rather take on, you know, the Clippers or anybody else out west than LeBron. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be the answer. I would, you don't want to take on Anthony Davis and LeBron. I mean, not to say the Clippers couldn't get it done, but, you know, I, I think the team everybody kind of wants to avoid it, it would be the Lakers, I would, I would think. All right, um, yeah. let's let's say if it's Lakers Nets, right? Okay, Kevin Durant, LeBron James cancel each other out, okay? Let's say James Harden, Anthony Davis cancel each other out. Now you have Kyrie Irving. Who's who's the Lakers' ne- next best player after AD and LeBron? You would have to say um, Kyle Kuzma or Caruso, one of the two. All right, all right, so Kyrie's better than them. Now you go to Joe Harris. Who's who's the Lakers' next best player? First of all, first of all, let's just understand that I'm not sure you can just say Durant cancels out LeBron. And Harden cancels out Davis. I mean, they're close, but I think the Lakers have a big edge on both of them. Really? Over over I a guy know. over a guy who's practically a seven footer, and 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 many would say before Kevin Durant got hurt, he was better. He, he was better than LeBron then. So if I give you if I give you the option to play for one year right now. Start your pick. You either get LeBron or Durant. Durant, Durant, not even, Durant not even LeBron. hesitation, not even hesitation. No. Not only, not only is not he me. five years younger, he's he's a he's a way better shooter at this point. He's he's gonna rebound better, and and it's just gonna give me Kevin Durant. One factor, one factor you're missing is that one team has losers on, right? The Nets are a bunch of losers. I mean, outside of Durant, James Harden is a loser, flat out. The dude will True. never win a championship leading the way. Now, granted, he's in a good spot to where he can let two other guys lead the way, and he can ride their coattails. But if they have, I don't know that I could say Harden would cancel anybody out in the postseason because he chokes year in and year out. And until I see otherwise in a big spot, James Harden rides to an occasion, I can't say that I buy it now. You also have a head case in Kyrie. And so, at the end of the day, I mean, I get back to the players up. I think the better team on paper, no question, if they were to play tomorrow, the better team on paper is the Nets. I, I, I don't have no beef with that. But you're but, talking about an NBA final seven-game series with everything on the line. And I'm not the biggest LeBron supporter of all time, but – I, I, I think LeBron, I think they know how to win in that spot. I think that's a key thing. I think James Harden's um, inability to play in the postseason, is, that's alarming, and that's something that he'll have to fix. Now, back now, now back to the big game, and this will... This hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, before so we... Right legacy, that, he, that, he, that, he, that he couldn't beat the Eli Manning? No one, no one, no one wants to talk about that. No one, no one needs to talk about that. But, uh, but uh, before, be, be, before we get into some rapid fire and some Super Bowl predictions, 
Yesterday was Nationals Girls slash Women in Sports Day. You know, women in sports are 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 a very important thing. You know, this Sunday we're gonna have Sarah Thomas be the first ever woman referee. You know, we've had we we have Kim Mang as the first female general manager of a baseball team. We've had so many firsts lately, and women just been kicking ass and taking names. So. You know, Vic, James, Stephen, tell us, tell us, with the exceptions of of moms, right? Cause, cause we we all have amazing moms. Give us, give us a couple of women that that you you are fond of. You know, role models, whether it's a teacher or sports or just someone in your community. You know, so, so, someone that's someone that's done a lot. Oh, I love it. Oh, 
I'll miss Elizabeth. Like, you know, and I remember I remember when I was a kid and my uncle took me to the matches up in, at Notre Dame at the, at the gym up there. He used to live up in South Bend and saw Macho Man take on the Ultimate Warrior. And, you know, most people were, eyes were glued to the cage, to the cage match. My, you know, I was just infatuated with Miss Elizabeth. I always thought she was tremendous and, uh, you know, first lady of wrestling and whatnot. But, as far as being a sportscaster, you know, I think uh, growing up watching Sports Center, you know, back in the day when ESPN would have Sports Center was it, you know, when you when I was in high school, you'd wake up before you went to school and you would watch Sports Center to see all the results from the night before, and you you had all the you know the really cool anchors like Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann and Rich Eisen, Stuart Scott, and those guys. But Linda Cone. I was always marveled at Linda Cohn because she jumped right in there with the guys, you know, and, it, and, the, and the quality it never went down. Like, Linda Cohn matched those legends, you know, tit for tat. And, uh, you know, I was a big fan of Linda Cohn. And, I'll, you know, I would see – because you always look at the team that was doing sports center that day. Like, oh, it's going to be a good sports center. You know, it's going to be funny or whatnot. And when Linda Cohn was on there, I always really enjoyed it. So I liked her a lot as well. You know, you know, for me, um, you know, for me, especially um, growing up, I have, it was probably my eighth grade English teacher, Miss Lobo. She's one that pushed me, interested to play sports, especially since, you know, I played football. So it's really, um, and it's really her that actually helped me. Um, so that's that. Um, also, my—it's funny. My 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 assistant coach was actually a female for the freshman team, and it was Mrs. Smith, and she was the one that always like always hyped me up and call. She always called me like the next T.O. because <laughs> I played the team in high school and always had that always had that T.O. attitude, you know. Because when you're a receiver, you always gotta think you're the best. You always got to think that ain't no one better than you. So that was that. And as far as in the sports world, I mean, Linda Cohn, to me, was one of the pioneers. Um, Lisa Salters was another one that I really enjoyed and I really admire. And even currently today, I'm a huge fan of Nina Kimes. I think she's great. I'm a fan of Tony Collins on ESPN. Um, Anita Marks uh, locally here on ESPN New York. And, he, and it's just... Those women in general are taking names, um, kicking butt, doing everything, um, and it's just—it's just so inspiring that these women are there in our lives and they're doing great things. And and also, um, and also, um, Mika Andrews too. And it's just the list goes on. I can name a lot, but those women on the top of my head have inspired me to be the best that I can. And I'm really I'm grateful for that. Thing. You guys, I'm surprised that you guys let Stephen H. Hurd get away saying he worked in the JC's catalog department and not say, dang, you are old. Because I'm not sure a lot of your leaders are going to know what the catalog department was. Man, hey, listen, I grew up in the catalog department. Let me tell you right now, that, I spent a lot of time in the catalog. That was that molded me into who I am today, man. And those ladies in there. They, they really, they took care of me. They helped raise me, man. And that was, yeah, nobody knows what a catalog. 
right? Amazon, you just point and click, it's at your doorstep. Back in the day, you used to have to have it sent to the store, and I'd go fetch it for you and pay me, so... <laughs> well, uh, well, uh, the reason the reason why I knew what he's talking about, um, when I was twenty, I actually worked at JC Penny, and uh, it, you know, it was it was at a time where they they were trying to push their catalogs back in, you know, you, you know, a little uh remembrance. So yeah, you know, m- a lot of jobs yeah, in retail, that. and uh. <laughs> My my teacher, her name was Miss Papadopoulos. She was Greek. She she lived three four blocks from me. She she was my fourth fourth grade teacher, and she also taught sixth grade. So I had a best friend growing up, and we lived close together. So there were times where if if I I couldn't be picked up by by my mom, she 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 would take us to the park. And, and and she would wait till one of our parents came and got us and she was she was just a cool lady if 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 any of y'all ever met a Greek woman you you know Greek women are tough they, they don't put up with your bullshit they, they 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 make you sit down and listen and as far as w- women in sports um you know Pat Summit I agree she's like she's like coach K in in men's basketball she she was strong she, you know, smart woman. She she won a whole bunch of games. She got passed, I think, a month ago, um, and and wins. But you know, she she's just an, a fantastic woman, and so many great women anchors. You know that you know that James mentioned. Um, uh, an, another good one was uh, Jessica Mendoza for ESPN, and uh, Jenny Finch, Olympic softball player. So yeah, but uh, James, do rapid fire. Alrighty, you guys ready for some quick take rapid fire football? Let's get it. All right, where do you guys think Carson Wentz ends up? Is he gonna stay with the Eagles or is he gonna play for a different team? Indianapolis. Ooh. I think he stays put. I I don't. I don't think the conference. I, I said that about golf too, and he got moved the next day. So <laughs> keep your eyes on it. But uh, he's a, as much money as he makes, the compensation. I think the Eagles would want to return. I just I have a hard time seeing uh, a deal being able to be worked out. I think they would have kept Doug Peterson if they didn't want Carson Wentz to be their guy. I think that's where the strife came in. So I got I got to say he stays in Philly. Where does Sam Donald end up? Does he stay with the Jets or does he too play somewhere else? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'll say this. I do think Deshaun Watson is going to end up staying in Houston. I just don't think Houston is going to trade him this year. Uh, I think it's going to be a mess that's going to go on. I've said all along I thought he'd hold out. I think uh, the Houston Texans are going to play hardball uh, with him and uh, or command so much that they will not get the trade. Uh, so I think Donald will be your quarterback for the Jets next year. Yeah, I, I lean that way, but it, but I, I don't know. I think the Jets have the capital; they have the money. I think they moved Donald. I think he. I think they put Donald in the package for Deshaun Watson. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Deshaun Watson is the quarterback for the Texans next season, and uh, Deshaun Watson in New York. 
Okay. Um, where now? Who do you think? Um, who do you think will win the division, the AFC East next year? Will it be Buffalo? Will it be Miami? Or will New England have a bounce back and they claim the division? Uh, I think you've got to go right now with the Bills. I think the Bills are one of the up and coming teams. I think Allen's one of the up and coming quarterbacks. So I would, if I was going to bet my house on it, uh, I would bet uh, the Bills. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, the Bills have got to be the favorite. Uh, obviously, a lot hinges on what comes in the next few weeks with free agency. I'm not sure the I mean, I'm not sure the Dolphins don't throw their hat to Deshaun. You know, if they were to trade for Deshaun Watson somehow, and I think they're a team to watch for that as well. That you know that that would absolutely put them, if not the favorites, but right there with the Bills. But with Josh Allen, I think I think he's the kind of guy that kind of transcends that every year's different type of thing. I think he's that good. I think it's the Bills uh, for, the, for the near future with, with a healthy Josh Allen. All right, two two more two more quick ones. Okay, um, where if Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is likely going to win the MVP next year, does Aaron Rodgers also stay put in Green Bay, or does Aaron Rodgers also find himself playing somewhere else? Uh, I think he's. I don't think there's. I thought there was a chance for Aaron Rodgers to maybe force his hand and go anywhere. It would have been with the Rams. So he can do like Jeopardy and the Hollywood stuff that he wants to do and play football. But since the Rams have made the move and gotten Stafford, I don't think there's any way, unless he just retires, if he's playing next year, he's playing for the Packers. Yeah, there's no way the Packers are moving Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it, it, I mean, if, if Matthew Stafford commands two first-rounders and a third-rounder, I can't imagine what a guy like Aaron Rodgers would command. I mean, you, you have to give up a first-round pick to get him. I, I, just, I, think, I think he stays in Green Bay. But I'll tell you, a, a, a dark horse team to watch if, he, if something crazy happens is the San Francisco 49ers. They're going to make it right with their uh, with the passing on him the first time around. And uh, – that's the team I keep my eye on if there's anything happening with Aaron Rodgers. But uh, they're, they're after my guy Kirk Cousins right now, so that's, at least that's what I'm hearing anyway. And lastly, you know this is going to come. You know I'm going to ask it. So I'm going to ask again. Vic, Stephen A., who are your Super Bowl, who do you think is going to win, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl, and what is the final score for both of you? Vic, starting with you, and then Stephen A., you finish it off. Uh, I think it's a good day early. I think the Bucks defensive line gets some pressure on Mahomes early. But then I think the Chiefs settle in. Andy Reid makes a couple adjustments. Chiefs win 37-24. Four touchdown passes for MVP Patrick Mahomes. Ooh. Yeah, I'll go. Okay. I'm going to go big time on the Chiefs, too. I think the Chiefs. 
are really feeling good because you can, yeah. you know, for you guys to know this, we pick games every Friday. Steve picks the Redskins to beat the Bucks. He picks the Packers to beat the Bucks. So if he'd have picked the Bucks today, they would have they would have not shown up Sunday. Also picked the Saints. So there's that. And I'll say this: if, if Alex Smith would have played in the in in the wild card game. The Redskins would have beat the fucking. <laughs> you guys want to see me cry, don't you? That's what happens. You guys want to see me cry. I love it. I, love it. I know I love it. it. I know it. You're mean. You're not nice people. I don't like that. Why do you? Why do you want to see me cry? Why do you want it to be a boring second half? Come on, man. What's wrong with y'all? I know. I, you know, it is right. I mean, at the end of the day. It's Sometimes you just can't explain what Brady does. So I hope it's entertaining. But I just, I don't know. Just looking at the Chiefs, they look like they're un- an unstoppable force. Tears bring character, guys. Tears bring character. I, I need to see Nick humbled so that if he's crying, you know what? It, it, it brings more of a human element to the show. It brings a human element. But don't forget, guys, catch Vic Evans. Stephen A. Turner, live on 5, 1027 The Game, Oswego. When check where everywhere you get your radio listings. These guys are fantastic. Monday through Friday, 5, 6 Central Time. These guys are great. So get so tune into them. Vic, Stephen, as always, thank you for coming on. We love, we love your pick, and we love for you, you guys, especially if you're right. Then our show will become entertaining once the two bullets over and I get to have a ball. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs>